Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Kevin Davis. And I am another one of your hosts, Howard Jacobson. How's everybody doing today? We are here to talk about uh, specificity in coaching today, and we've got a couple of different angles that we've looked at this from, but definitely getting specific is something that we've found to lead to results uh, you know, much, for, much more effectively, much more quickly, and to really get to kind of the point of things in a, in a, in a faster way. Yeah, and it's... For some reason, it's a hard thing for coaches to do, but it's not a hard thing to do. Like it's as a technical skill, asking, take me there or tell me, you know, let me see the movie of that. So basically, when we say specificity, we mean the clients are going to come in with stories and their stories are going to be like, I always well, usually I tend to here's how it goes. Or if we say. And they will resist specificity. So if we say, mm -hmm. well, tell me about your dinner last night. They'll say, well, I usually, you know, get home around 530. And we know when they do that, they are they're adding layers of interpretation that they, this is their story. And the problem with their story is. They believe it. And because they believe it, they're acting, they're trying to solve based on that story. Right. And, and if it was a true story, they would have solved the problem. Right. Well, I was going to say, I, you know, I was listening to a discussion with BJ Fogg earlier, uh, and, and he does the tiny habits. And he was talking about just the idea of identities and how important that is around any kind of habit change. And, you know, when you ask someone a question and they give these vague answers, which Let's face it, pretty much everyone does when we when we ask them at first. That story that they're telling is the same story that they've bought into themselves of this particular identity that they hold. But this identity typically isn't necessarily the one that they're striving toward or that's going to get them to what they're striving toward. And so so what Fogg was talking about was just this idea of beginning to resemble or embody an identity of what we're trying to become. Mm -hmm. And yet, if you already have this fixed identity that's based on incomplete information or blind spots, you it's going to keep pulling you back because you're yeah. you're not where you, you you aren't where you think you are. And so you can't you know, you can't be here now when you're there then. Yeah. And very. Yeah, I know that was brilliant. <laughs> That's the title of my next book. <laughs> and, and coaches very often collude with clients to stay in the generalities because our brains are junkies for pattern. 
right? So like we like it when they say, well, this is how it goes. And, we, and we're already thinking, okay, so I could see how to intervene here. I've got four ideas about what they could do. Or we'll, we'll say, boy, it sounds like that behavior is a substitute for love. So let's find out where are you not loving yourself? Where are you? you know, and we're going to immediately jump into solutions. And they're often, you know, they're often fine solutions. Like, you know, I never, you know, I never heard of anyone like a coach saying, you know, what you need to do is like have less self-love and like more conflict in your life. Yeah, right? it's great for you. Right. So it seems like really good advice, but it, it feels it feels unsatisfying for the coachee. Because and we can see that in their in their faces, like yeah, I, I could do that, and they're sort of acquiescing. Well, there's a lot of good advice that is not necessarily the most helpful or the most relevant for what you're trying to discuss. So just because it's good doesn't mean it's the most good advice. Um, the, you know, the other thing that I was going to say about about how we kind of end up buying into this story with them is that we also you know, inherently want to believe our clients. Hmm. It, when they tell us this story, you know, it's not that they're trying to lie to us or to deceive us, but this is something that they've bought into and, and potentially deceive themselves as well. Um, so if we buy into that, then we're not going to help kind of guide them toward where those blind spots are and into this identity that they're, that actually is what they're trying to accomplish. Right. Um, you know, it makes me kind of think about, uh, you know, something that, that I know I've heard you, Howard, say a bunch of times that really who we're serving and who we're working for is the person that they want to become. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the title of my next next book. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be working until you're like 300. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I can, you know, and I know about my willingness to collude with my client and to believe them. I, I can't tell you how many clients I've had where I hate their boss. <laughs> right? <laughs> Whom I've never met. Yeah. Right. But it, like when, when that occurs, I'm like, oh, like if I'm sure if I met their boss, I would get a very different story. And like, yeah. you know, your 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 son is is, is more or less pre-vocal. But when your kids get old enough to complain about each other, <laughs> or about your spouse, and then you start like whoever you hear first. Like this is my, one of my big um, parenting flaws: is whoever gets to me first, I like go into like outrage on their behalf, and then I have, when I hear the rest of the story, I'm like, oh, how come you didn't tell me about the part where you smacked your sister? Yeah, <laughs> kind of an important detail. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've been talking about specificity very generally. <laughs> Yes. Do you have a specific example in your head that, you know, maybe we've talked about or coached on where where getting to specificity kind of led to a breakthrough? Well, honestly, I'm thinking um, actually did. I want to say we discussed last week an example that actually reaches into this realm of, you know, that the situation coaching someone in a practice session where we didn't really realize the entire scenario of where this person was and what was going on. We're trying to get to, you know, kind of an earlier bedtime and then being able to rise earlier in the morning and get the day started. But we didn't know the whole story about what was happening at night. And it was just, oh, yeah, I generally uh, use Instagram 
before bed. And I don't know how long the coaching must have gone on. And then you kind of interjected and simply asked, you know, can you, can you tell me basically a question about getting the detail, the, the whole picture of where you're at, what are you doing, what's involved, but from a specific what happened last night standpoint. Yeah. And, and I can remember the thing that happened last night in last night's coaching call, which was very yeah. similar. Like we were we were over time, like it's supposed to cost supposed mm. to end at 930. We were we were pushing 10 and people were still, you know, it's like trying to get a bubble out of, of wallpaper. <laughs> Like we're, just, we're just pushing this thing around and it's not getting anywhere. And I can tell nobody's satisfied. And I'm thinking they're all going to want a refund because this this stuff doesn't work. Right. <laughs> and so and so and I kept on saying, like, let's go for specifics. And nobody was quite willing to go there. And yeah. so so because ever, you know, we, as coaches, we really are uh, in love with our own depth and complexity and cleverness. And we're. And we like to lead our clients into the weeds. <laughs> and so finally, what I said and the, and the situation was someone who really has their nutrition dialed in and has for many years for the past couple of months has been overeating. Right. And there happens to be a pandemic going on and they're at home. Yeah. And and so finally, I just said, like, t tell me about uh, a, your last meal. And I'm thinking, I want to see the overeating. I want to see what happens. And I don't you know. The person says, well, it was, you know, it was a salad. I said, well, when, when was it? He says today. I said, OK, so are you on East Coast or West Coast? Well, it was lunch, lunchtime. OK, great. So you sat down for a salad for lunch. And then what happened? She says, well, I didn't overeat. And I'm a, and I'm about to, you know, I'm about to blurt out. Well, no, let's talk about, you know, <laughs> I want to talk about when you did overeat. And I stopped myself before I said it and I said, Oh, like this is even better. Yeah. Like, like, tell me about that. Where were you sitting? Who else was in the house? Where? What were you eating? Where? You know, your kids are home. How old are they? Where? Where were they? Are they were playing? What were they doing? What were they in the kitchen with you? Or were they on the floor? Were they on in front of screens? What was going on? And none of those questions yielded anything useful. <laughs> Until I said, "Well, then tell me, like, when you stopped." What happened? Like, tell me about the meal. Well, you ate the salad. Then what? He says, well, I was full and then I reached for something else. And then I realized I had this call. And so mm -hmm. I thought I can't eat now. And then all of a sudden she says, oh, I'll just set a timer and say this is it's I have to do something else now. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, and, and the, the things that had come up beforehand were emotional, were relational. We're, we're like, like, how are we how are we going to solve a pandemic? How are we going to solve the fact that a professional woman is now spending all her time at home with two little kids? Right. So we can we can get there. To, we can certainly talk about, you know, overeating as an emotional response and feeling the feeling in the moment. But simply asking stupid questions just that, <laughs> that were just factual. There was no I didn't have anything in mind. I didn't have an end game. Yeah. I didn't have a hunch. I was like, I don't know what to do here. So I need more information and I need real information. And it's, you know, it was like people were like stunned, like, oh, my God, like what skill he has. It's like, no, <laughs> it wasn't about that at all. It was, you know, it was less. My questioning was far less skillful 
and less nuanced and less based on theory and philosophy than anyone else's. I was just like, tell me what the hell happened. And I want to see it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, obviously the, the the big thing we've talked about this many times and, and maybe not yet on the show here, but we've, we've talked about this many times in, in our coaching and, and training folks that if you're working to if you're working too hard, wait, if you're working, you're working too hard. If I could even say it. Yeah. We're tongue twisting today. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the thing that really stood out to me about that story and about any examples that we think of with this is the difference between waiting for the person to finish so that you can give a solution or a guide to the next point or point in a certain direction and hearing what they say and asking more questions. Yeah. And I think that is a thing that gets in the way um, is the, the feel like, okay, I'm being paid to help here. Yeah. So, so the quicker we can get through these questions and to solutions and, 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 you know, and we were seeing a lot, like lots of questions are actually solutions in disguise. Like, have you thought about dot, 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 or what are some other ways that you might, you know, get your emotional needs met in other than food, right? Yeah. Even, even that, it's premature until the person has had a realization. Uh, and the way you get people to have realization is by asking them about specific things that happen where their story is no longer useful, right? Where they're going to, they're going to pull facts that contradict their story, that elaborate on their story, that, that somehow make their story inadequate. And now they have to expand the frame of what, how they're thinking. And then it's, e it's easy. Yeah. Well, it, it's almost like it becomes automatic when they get to that point. You know, oftentimes they go, oh, I just need a timer or, you know, whatever, whatever that solution might be. It's not that we have to come up with an answer or an option for what they, what they do. It's very common that they just they know already. Right. And we and we still as, still think that it's our job to have the answers yeah. because we're scared to go into these situations where we don't know where it's going to go. Like, as I said, I asked at least a dozen questions that yielded nothing. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't matter. You know, one, one thing that I would say about that, too, is we ask these questions and they may or may not yield anything. Or sometimes, though, as the coach, we're going to ask some of these questions and it comes to a point where we think that we need to chase this answer or chase this question down um, as a solution. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, as, as much as we want to continue the line of questioning and, and be as specific as possible and, and allow them to reach that. I do want to kind of throw the caveat in there. Like we're not going to, you know, we're not really harming anybody if we, if we accidentally chase it down and then find out that that didn't work and come back next week and try again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we tell our clients to try things to, yeah. to true experiments. One of the ways we can get them more comfortable with that is us doing it ourselves. Mm hmm. Right, to model the kind of vulnerability, say, let's let's try something or, you know what? OK, you know what? Great. Um, let's move on. Yeah. Right. That we, we can be in control of the process without being in control of every moment and, and every interaction.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I th- you know, I think that a lot of that desire to control the little moments to control where, you know, and guide everything is that we still feel like we need to be this expert, you know, this, this guru on top of a mountain. Mm. And as much as we are the person who has maybe more practice at this or more experience at this, what we really are practicing is just looking around and seeing what the person is not noticing. Right. And they will tell us, yeah. right? We notice, and we'll, we'll have another talk about language and all the clues we mm, can get yeah. from the way people use specific words. Uh, but we're, we're, you know, we are looking for what they're not saying and for what they're not seeing. Yeah. And once, once we hold up that mirror to them, just by asking the questions and they'll hear from their own word, their own mouth. Oh, like I can't tell you how many times I've had I've been coached where I just felt like the, the feeling you should get as a coaching client at the end of a session, a really good session is sheepish. Mm. <laughs> if you should be like, oh, obviously, yeah. I knew that. <laughs> Like that, I was like, we shouldn't feel like, oh my God, you're the best coach, right? Yeah. We should like, oh my God, you're so wise. You helped me so deeply. <laughs> they should feel, huh? I don't know how well that translates in audio, but uh, I don't know. But there was some head smacking, and you know, like, yeah. like a like an SMH or whatever, like the smack my head, you know. Yes, yes. We can picture that. SMHcoaching.com. <laughs> yeah. It works. Uh, so how, how, do, how do we um, operationalize this? How do we go f- for specificity? Well, you know, the, the idea really is to use terminology, things like asking someone to paint us a picture, things like, if I were watching the movie, what would I see? These kind of details. Because the the situation here is that we're trying to find a blind spot, a spot that this person can't see. And so it's not going to be in the story. So we've got to just get a full picture as complete as we can from the person. So those are the questions I like to ask is, hey, can you paint me a whole picture? Tell me where were you? What time was it? Even even as simple as what objects were around you, because I feel like often just for some reason in my head, it feels like often the objects that are around end up being this kind of surprise factor that's really important. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so so two skills there, I think, is to become aware of our assumptions. Yeah. Right. So if I tell you um, I just bought a blue hat, your mm-hmm. brain is going to paint a paint a picture of a blue hat. Yeah. And so the it's probably a Cubs hat with my brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually, you know, a sky blue fedora with a feather in it. Uh, uh, but it's, you know, it's a completely hypothetical because I don't yeah. have a <laughs> blue hat. Um, but like be aware of our brain's need to fill in that lacuna that, uh, you know, the, the, the part of our vision that we can't see that we just sort of make up. Um, and the other thing is to listen for. The, the language of generality, like what we talked about at the beginning, I tend to, I usually, or I like in the present tense, when they say, well, I come home, 
Um, another way that people will avoid specificity, and this has other ramifications as well, is they'll say you. You know how yeah. you you get home and you want a snack, <laughs> right? Even like that's less specific than you know. I got home and I want a snack. Said so, okay, well tell tell me about the last time you got home and had a snack. Okay, I um, I come in around four. No, what day was this? Right. So just being aware, like if we're aware of the lack of specificity, then we can keep pushing. Yeah. And I feel like that alone seems to turn on a light bulb for the client. What light you know, bulb? They go, oh, well, you know, they go from they're telling the story the way that they tell it to themselves. And all of a sudden you ask, well, can you be specific today? When, where, what time of the day? And all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is a real thing. This is not just a general, you know, vague story of some situation that occurs on occasion. Like this is an actual event. And now I can give details about it. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So, the, yeah, so they they remember more than they think they do. And, and you can just I, I feel like especially, you know, a lot of a lot of what what you and I do together, the coach that we do tends to be on video. And so I feel like I really just see it in people's faces. All of a sudden, like, oh, yeah. But, th but that's where everything we're talking about here, you know, you mentioned earlier that this can be kind of hard. And, and that's kind of the difference between simple versus easy. Like, it's actually very simple to ask these questions. It's very simple for me to tell you the story of coming home and wanting a snack. But it's not easy to tell it in a very accurate, detailed way without being asked the right questions. Right. And I would say it's not only simple to ask the right questions. It's, it's actually easy to ask these questions. It's easy to say, mm. take me there. Or, you know, my, my mentor, Peter Bregman, talks about if I were a fly on the wall or if yeah. you say paint me the picture, I like to say like the movie. I want to see the movie. Yeah. Um, all, the only thing that's getting in our way is our ego where we feel like we have to be doing something more. Right. So it's, it's simple and it's easy. It's the easiest thing right. to do, but we don't, we, until we trust it, we think we're just wasting their time and we're not being particularly clever. Right. Yeah. We have this desire to fix. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and, find and, out. yeah and we have, we have a, uh, a self image. And we, we, you know, we want to succeed. And I never know if I'm going to succeed in a coaching call. Like, I, I trust the process, but I always get lost in it at some point. I'm like, this is a crash and burn right here. <laughs> <laughs> An hour in and we've... <laughs> All right, well, usually I crash and burn in the first 10 minutes. So uh, I try to oh, get it good. over with. But yeah. being, being, you know, the more you do that and you realize you can recover... Yeah. You know, we teach all various ways to recover from like, you know, at every session is there's some point where we're like, I have no idea what to do here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Those are fun. Those are fun ones to learn how to do. Yeah. And it, it's ultimately it's like that feeling that prevents us. The desire to avoid that feeling prevents us from asking these really simple questions to get people to tell specific stories about events. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like that's a skill, just being willing to not know what to do. Mm. 
Yeah, pro pro Just, probably one of the most important coaching skills, because yeah. until we go there, we will keep falling back on things that aren't helping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. Is that a wrap? Yeah, that was very good. If, if we say so ourselves. One. Yeah, trust me, it's great, guys. Yeah. You should go back and listen again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and we should and you should you should set up a Patreon for us and and give us money for it, right? Yeah, because it was so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, well, at this point, we're um, you know we're we're still we haven't released the podcast as we are speaking now. When you hear this, of course, it will have been released. Do we? Is there a way for people to like give us feedback, ask questions? Well, you know, we've got so we're actually in the process of setting up some of that. So we're going to be setting up a Facebook page or, or, or group to go along with this. Um, right now you can simply uh, head over to our website, which is healthcoachespodcast.com. And there's a contact page on there. So you'd be able to contact us through there. We'd love to get any kind of feedback, what your thoughts are on this. The other big one is if there's questions or topics that you're interested in hearing, we would love to have those that gives us an idea of, the conversations that Howard and I can have. And then also, you know, maybe if it's something that, that we think someone else might be better prepared to discuss, we could have that person, you know, have someone that fits the, the topic as a guest. Um, so we'd love to just really tailor this to what is going to help you and what do you need as much as possible. Cool. All right, yeah. man, I'll, I'll see you next time. Thanks everybody for listening. Slash watching. Yeah. Uh, thanks everyone. And uh, do we have we'll our see you, uh, do we have our outro yet? Nah, we got to get about twenty episodes in. Okay, that way it's it's got to feel natural. Okay, yabba dabba do. <laughs> see ya. <Bazinga. laughs>